We need to come together. Now I sound like a politician. We need to come together. Let's unite on both sides of the aisle and uh, work together and unite and blah, 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 blah. It's time for Class Racing Today, the podcast for the NHRA Class Racing fan. Welcome back to Class Racing Today, classracingtoday.com, classracingtoday at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments, you can certainly go uh, email them there. If you want to help support the show, you can donate to the show directly, uh, classracingtoday.com forward slash donate, or find the donate button that's a couple places on there. Uh, we want to thank Jimmy Carter for coming in once again uh, as a donator to help produce the show. We appreciate all the support we get. Uh, so thank you, um, gentlemen. We're back at it again with this new system. Hopefully it works out again. How's it going? It's going amazing. Amazing. Perfect. We went right from like mud and snow to like hot and windy. <laughs> I know. I just instant, <laughs> right? <laughs> like we're spring. Like we forgot spring. <coughs> How about you, Bobby? What's the weather there? We are still waiting for the sun to just come out and be warm. And we've had some some bad winds. Every day I go outside, I have to pick up a new huge tree branch that fell. So, what is, as, long what is a, in, as long as I don't fall in my house, I guess it's okay. What's a bad wind there? Like five, six mile an hour? Or... <laughs> <laughs> my balloon my almost blows, blows off out of my I hand. Out the door, I, that's my gauge. If my hat blows off, that's this is too much wind. It needs to slow down. We were like forty-five mile an hour all day on. Was it Monday or Tuesday? Like. It was bad. Yeah. It was nuts. And then, what, did we get another inch of rain? It's crazy. But It was like the headwind at um, Indy last year. You couldn't even stand on the starting line without your hat blowing off, and it was straight headwind, and it, I mean, it annihilated my little car. Mm-hmm. So it, that's really how I found out, okay, headwind does this much, <laughs> much damage to me. <laughs> that's my... That- but as long as it's consistent, you're fine. Like, that's my favorite. I like a headwind. It slows everybody else down. Yeah, if it would have stayed a headwind for the next three days, that would have been great. But when it turns into a tailwind the next morning for first round of eliminations, it's it's a pretty yeah. nice guess, guess we're guess holding, match. In some cars, <laughs> that's like holding 10. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. You're on the brakes at the finish line. You're still going a tenth faster than than you did the day before. It's a little, a little crazy. Well, don't forget to uh, subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. The big red subscribe button. Click it. Or tick it. Very oh, wait, easy, no, that's very free, different and it helps us out. Absolutely. Well, in exciting news, this is the first, this weekend is the first race for the Midwest Class Racers. Sweet. In down news, I'm still waiting for rods, and <laughs> I'm insanely busy with work anyway, so I probably can't go, but. I did have a did have an offer to to run the two ton tomato this weekend, and I would like to get some more runs in that car. It would be fun to make it down there, but I don't think it's going to happen. Ah, oh, that car is so cool. It's it's definitely more eye catching than my boring red <laughs> shoebox. I am in line to drive that car. I don't know what place I'm at. I think I moved up from like 21 to 20, maybe. But 
you know, you would fit really well in that. Like, you're the stature of the McLaughlin family, so like, you could fit. Oh, right Johnny, four speed Johnny, and I. I mean, he's a he's probably only a couple inches taller than me. That's that is my kind of car right there. It's like how big boat, and you just see me in there. What I don't understand is how does a car that big have such a small like driver's cockpit? Like, I can't even get my foot off the brake without hitting the steering wheel. I need to get like a hacksaw and cut the bottom half of the steering <laughs> wheel off so I got enough legroom in there to. <laughs> get a butterfly steering yeah. wheel in there like in a top fuel dragster it would be a great uh be like a great car to have a trans break in so you don't have to move your foot you know <laughs> so that's cool everybody it's coming out that's exciting it's at the thunder valley raceway which is a lot like going to the coliseum in rome <laughs> why <laughs> it's a lot of history and the maintenance is a little lacking. broken down <laughs> but it's uh it's still a cool place to go and i know uh Everybody's pretty excited to get out and go. So, good luck to everybody. Good luck to everybody. Is this is this this isn't the stick shift race coming up this weekend, is it? No, this is just uh first race of the season, I guess. The uh the stick shootouts in Rock Falls, Wisconsin, June. What did I say? I just looked that up. Is it the, uh 24, 25, 26? Yep, so we got Thunder Valley this weekend, May 14th, 15th. And then we go to Brainerd, May 21st and 22nd. Uh, Memorial Day weekend, there's National Open at Tri-State Raceway in Earlville, Iowa. Earlville. And then June 11th, they're at Kearney at the National Open. And then June 24th, 25th, and 26th is the Race of Champions, the Stick Challenge, at Badger, the Badger Classic at Rock Falls Raceway in Euclid, Wisconsin. So they got a pretty jam-packed schedule. I mean, we're, I'm going to miss a few races if I don't get my motor back together here. <laughs> is, it, is this Start a supply problem? These rods. Give some free farming seed to the <laughs> rod salesman. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Rods might be a better investment than corn right now. <laughs> Gas certainly isn't. Jeez. In our town yesterday... It went from three ninety nine to four nineteen yesterday for regular ethanol included gasoline. Petrol, as they say in Europe. So you can't really complain, Craig, because you know, I uh I don't drive a diesel, you're right. I've got two diesel pickups running up on the road and I'm burning right around a hundred gallons a day right now. Are you kidding? So I filled up on Sunday, it was five thirty. And then I looked last night it was five fifteen. Ugh. So I'm like, go fill everything. Like the one truck holds 95 gallons. I told my guy, I'm like, we're going to fill everything up because who knows when it's going to swing mm-hmm. 30 cents again. But yeah, ours was 399 recently and now 449. And then I pulled in there Yeah. And I'm in Jersey and Pennsylvania, uh, where my dad lives and where the cars are mm-hmm. is 470, I think for regular. And then diesel is in the like $6 territory, <clears> I believe. Wow. So it is getting crazy now. I stop now in Jersey. You're not allowed to pump your own gas. You have to wait for the attendant. Oh, that's right. That's how it is in Oregon. Oh, I grew up that way. So I pulled in there <laughs> yesterday, but I was in a hurry, and of course, there's no attendant to be found. I don't know what he was doing, so I couldn't stay. So I left, and it was 4:49 yesterday. I'm probably going to be mad when I drive in there today, and it's probably 4. 59 or 475 who knows <laughs> so do they actually like wash your windows and check tire pressure no, and all stuff like they used they, to in the most miserable tone of voice 
you know, ask you what you want, grab your card or your cash, put it in there, fill it up and walk away for 20 minutes while you just like want to just do it yourself and get out of there. I just, you know, the only- I, I don't understand. I don't understand who screwed that up, you know, 50 years ago where you're not allowed to pump your own. So. I think the only bright thing about that is so like my, uh, so my regular pickup just hold, it holds 52 gallons. So when you go to swipe and put 52 gallons of diesel in it, whatever, you know, five bucks, like you got to swipe it twice. Like I can only get like <clears throat> oh, it, it, 30 it gallons and it maxes out. out. Yeah. So if they're pumping my own, do they have to swipe? Because it just pisses me off. Like I only swipe once. I'm like, I don't even have a full <laughs> tank. I don't care. I'm not going to do this again. Like, Well, Oregon recently made uh, a, a new <laughs> caveat, like a carve out in the law that allows you if you, if the county has a certain population, so it's got to be under a certain number, after a certain amount of time of the day, you can pump your own gas. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's okay. the stupidest thing ever. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's done. And they will freak out. Because, I mean, I grew up that way, so it wasn't a thing. As a motorcyclist there, you pump your own, and I don't care what anyone says. And most, yeah. most of the attendants are like, yeah, but I don't want to spill anything on your bike. Fine. Uh, but if you are in a car and you even get out, they rush over to you and take charge because Stop. you might burn the place down, I guess. Don't touch it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, oh so frustrating nowadays. After I live yeah, in a babe. state where you can do it yourself, it's dumb. Yeah. I think uh, some of the states should still allow smoking at the pumps and just get rid of a few of the people making these laws. <laughs> Yeah, but smoking at the pump won't get the right people gone. Yeah, that's the people making <laughs> that's those the laws problem. are probably yeah <laughs> pumping their own gas right next to their house. Have it delivered to them. All right, enough gas talk. It's, mm-hmm. it's depressing. Let's talk about let's talk about racing Good here. Old pump your own gas. I right. guess I never appreciated the simple things about living in South Dakota. <laughs> yeah. Are we having audio trouble somewhere? Bobby, I can don't you... see any comments about okay, can... uh, that. If if uh, I can hear everybody just fine, so so you really? What'd you say? I said we've lost Bobby. Lost him? How? I can't hear him. You can't hear him. <laughs> can you hear me now? <clears throat> Hold on. No, he can. <laughs> this is fun. I inadvertently <laughs> just removed you from his headset. It's fine. Now, now talk. Oh, I was going to say something bad about Brian, but now he can hear me. Can you edit it out again? <laughs> right. Wait, he'll, he All liked right. it. It's like I was removed from the room. Wait a minute. I can't hear anything. Oh, that's hilarious. My bad. Sorry. I was trying to make sure that we didn't have any other issues, and I screwed up. So luck- luckily, it was just local, so everyone else is probably good. <laughs> what the hell is well, we got a lot of people about? joining in now, so let's give, them, let's give them some good content here. There you First, go. First, this weekend, we have the Virginia Nationals, which, you know, was full. It was full. It was full. I finally got in. Meanwhile, I was, you know, we had a little issue with my super stock car um, that I was hoping to get fixed. And we got in, we found, we got a spot and we put, you know, we had our transmission and clutch in and out of the car three times now. And we just can't get something right with the uh, clutch. The clutch kind of went away for uh, on me in round four of our divisional a couple weeks ago. And, um, Still having a little bit of an issue. Probably need to give Rob Youngblood a call or somebody. And um, 
Anyways, the forecast for Virginia just looks really bad. 96% chance of rain on Friday, 84% chance on Saturday, 84% chance on Sunday. So a lot of drivers withdrew on Monday. And where there were 55 cars entered for Superstock, I believe there are now 34 cars entered in stock and Superstock. So a lot of people kind of withdrawing, a little bit worried about the weather. I would probably have stayed in if... My car was cooperating because, hey, there's only 34 cars down there. That is uh, way less than we get a divisional points race up here in the Northeast. So five rounds or whatever that would be. Yeah, I think that would be a well, – that might be still be a six-round race. I forget. But anyways, um, the event kind of moves along a little quicker. Uh, let's see how that one goes though with the, with the weather power rankings will be coming out Friday morning. Everybody is aware they'll be posted on classracer.com and on Facebook. Brian, I can't wait to get back out there so I can put you in these power rankings. <laughs> yeah, at the bottom. Your power factor and win probability is uh, the first time we have a negative number. Hey, did you not see the Kentucky Derby? That's going to be me. There it is. 80 to one odds. Bring it on. <laughs> I'm just going to put a big old R on my hood. Rich Drake. <laughs> the best part was the announcer. Nobody, the announcer like no. had no... It's like that guy wasn't even on the radar. And it, I, I saw an in-the-announcer booth uh, shot of it. And he's got this long... It looks like one of those super long like notepads attached to his chest, sticking straight out. So he doesn't have to hold it. And so he can look down at all the things. He doesn't mention... Rich strike until that horse is winning at the end. Like, Whoa, the longest shot wins. They were <laughs> so fantastic. focused. They were so focused on the front leaders that they never realized yeah. that they were going to get whooped on. Yeah, it's crazy. That's how I felt at Bohannon's race last year, except for I didn't win. I like tripped <laughs> right before the final. So close. So close. Oh, Sheila. Yes, I should call J Rod. He probably knows. Oh, also another thing for anybody that's running a stick shift and a pro gear in the rear. Is anybody using US gear from Strange? That's where I got my last two sets. They don't seem to be holding up as long as the Motives and Richmond gears used to hold up for us. So, I mean, this new set I just got, which I had Strange light in them. I had them coated or whatever that blue finish is that they do there. And seven passes... And I can already feel, you know, the rough edges on the teeth and the gear oil is not looking as good as it, you know, normally does. And I know it's not the setup because my dad's been setting up our rears for 100 years now and he knows exactly what he's doing. Actually, he pays so much attention to detail where it gets frustrating. And I just want to say, like, come on, let's just bolt it up and go. But so I know it's not I know it's not an issue in that department. So anybody running U.S. gear, let me know how many runs you're getting out of them. And if you're getting your gears coded, let me know who is doing it because maybe I need to send it to somebody else. All right. What was the other thing I wanted to mention? Oh, we have a D3 race in Indy. So that, that usually gets... D3 events get big car counts. How far away from Indy are you, Brian? Hmm. I'm not it's sure. 12? Yeah, it's got to be. Uh, might be even a little further than that. 12 hours. All right. I think I'm about 10, so we're... 
12 hours, one minute, 786 miles. Look at that, right on the money. 12 hours and one minute. So we'd make it in about 11. So Brian would get there in 11, right? Uh, all right, SRCA drag strip D5. Brian, where is that? SRCA drag strip. Oh, that's a uh, Great Bend, isn't it? Should be Great Bend. Great Bend, Kansas. Is that in Kansas? I've never been to that one. Wait, all I have to do is go on Drag Insights, home, main calendar. Boom. Great Bend, Kansas. Great Bend, Kansas. Yep. All right, so that is definitely D5 SRCA drag strip. All right, so good luck to anybody he uh, heading to Great Bend, Kansas. I hope your guys' forecasts in Indy and Great Bend are better than the Virginia forecast. And then there is a, in St. Louis, Worldwide Technology Raceway, 17th annual NMRA NMCA Super Bowl of Street Legal Drag Racing. And I do believe they have stock and super stock at those events. So... Good luck, anybody that's heading there. I know some some of the racers are definitely giving those races a chance. I think the payout is like three grand, and there's some contingency money. So, what the heck, man? Go for it. It's uh, I know I'm not the purest, and the purest will get mad, but I'm glad to see other associations coming out swinging, like fighting for cars, and I hope people support them. Competition, that's what made this country great. You mean there's payouts and contingency? What a novel idea. Ooh. Maybe even a crowd, too. Go to one of those races and watch that Coyote stock class. That is an awesome class. Sealed up crate motor, five-speed transmission, diaphragm clutch. Uh, these things rev. Uh, I don't think they're even allowed to run radials. I think they have to run a biased tire. It's a it's a pretty cool uh pretty cool class. If anybody hasn't seen it yet. Speaking of competition making this country great, let's get into how we can increase the competition in stock and super stock drag racing and entice cars to run faster. Has anybody seen this thread on Class Racer? I'm sure you all have because it's on page like ten. Kenny Mealy posted it. He was talking to Lonnie Grimm about, you know, what what they can do to try and get let me let me read it i guess what they can do to get people to run fast maybe get this ahfs in line things like that so naturally 100 people came on and some offered some good you know advice or uh uh let's see some good uh the hell's the word i'm looking for uh brian help me out here <laughs> Offered some good ideas, we'll say. And the other, you know, the other 50% offered complaints as usual. Or we should do this, we should do that. And, you know, everybody just started fighting. And then Ken Mealy was like, all right, I knew it was going to turn into this. So I kind of offered, you know, what I thought might help the class. And I'm just going to rattle them off right now. Is everybody ready? And comments. Keep them coming. All right, I think... There should be points for qualifying, obviously. Now, all of my ideas here are to entice people to go fast because there's no reason to go fast right now. And we had Lonnie Grimm on the show, and he was like, I wish everybody would just run them out, go as fast as you can. Nobody's going to do it. Okay, there's no reason to. We get nothing for it. All you do is get penalized for it. I mean, I wish everybody else would run it all out too because it would help me out. I'm one of the slowest, you know, K-stock automatic cars, and I can't compete with, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the people in my class. 
and I know that they're fully capable of going faster than they are. So here's my ideas. Points for qualifying. Minimum 17 qualified cars. Same amount of points for nationals and divisionals. Now, clearly, any points you get for divisional qualifying will count towards your national points chase. But any points you get for national qualifying position will not count toward your divisional points chase, just like all the points that we earn right now. So if there's 17 to 32 cars, the top three qualifiers will get three points, two points, and one point. If there's 33 to 64 cars, the top four qualifiers will get four points, three points, two points, and one point. And then if there's 65 to 128 cars, the top five qualifiers would then get five, four, three, two, and one point. Okay. I don't, there you go. There's a, a nice little easy way. If you're in a close points chase, you know, you got to run your car out and qualify top five, four or three. You got to do it. You need a couple extra points. Okay. This is how we turn this from a straight up bracket class into more of a performance based class. Okay. The bracket champ doesn't have to win the championship every year. Let somebody who can let, let there be an all around champ. Okay, that was just idea number one. All right, so we'll start there. Who out there thinks that you should get points for top qualifying positions? And we're not talking a whole lot of points here. We're talking five points at the most. Mind you, you get 30 points for losing in the first round at an event. So I don't, like, I don't see this. I, I just think this is, like, if you're in a close points chase here, you might as well. Okay. I don't think what there's do enough think? of a carrot. Like, why would you chance getting your average up and getting horsepower for some points? Like, I mean, I get the See? idea. I know what you're saying. I just, I don't know that there's enough of a carrot there to, like, the people that are normally, I mean, the points leads get tight and you can do that, but is it worth, I mean, I suppose it depends. Like, the top, I mean, really, it's only going to apply to the top five in points, isn't it? Like, if you're really fighting it out, but how many people are really in the battle? Yeah, well, we're the top 10. If you want to finish in a top 10, maybe, or if you just want to go out and show that you can qualify in the top everywhere. Like, let's say you run eight events. Now, this would still follow the same format here. They take your top five uh, divisional points of your top or, or of your first eight events. So, really, it's only going to count for. For five of them, and it might not count at all because it could be a race where you qualify in the top and you get those five bonus points, but you lose in the first round. So let's say you got thirty-five points for that race, but every other race, you know, you you made it to third round, we'll say. So that race would get dropped anyway, even though you did qualify in the top and you got those couple extra bonus points. It's really just, you know, yeah, it could be a, a tiebreaker, we'll say, and that's the least amount of points in my four my four point. Uh, four bullet point uh, system here that I've kind of come up with because number two is points for setting a record. Uh, maximum of two records per year. You can't keep borrowing cars and setting records. You can't set a record in uh, G, H, and I with the same car. So you get 10 points for the first record and you can get five points for the second record. Now, all of this is up for discussion and debate. Like where you just thought that there's not enough carrot there for top qualifying. Well, maybe we can put a little, a, a few more points in there and maybe even for setting a record, 10 points for the first record, five points for the second record, maybe 20 or 30 points for the first record and then 10 points for the second record and then no points for any records beyond that. So do you think you should get points for setting records? 
Yeah, I think that that would obviously help. And I think what you're going to do is you're going to bring up more of the obscure combinations, right? Like the the cars that are really underfactored. You know, it's a way to get some points. But what about having, say, its own deal, right? Like, say, whoever the number one, whoever's, like, have a number one qualifier type bracket or class, right? So whoever has the most qualifying points or record points gets, I don't know, give them a gold card for the year or something. You know, give them a free entry. Do something like that to give people a reason to fight for that. Because there's, there's people that don't necessarily have a chance to run in the points. They can still do this. But give them another something to fight for, whether it's, you know, the, you know, call it the fast or something, you know, the fast, you know, the number one qualifier, or the fast car class or something where you basically then give them a gold card or give them something, give them a little notoriety to do it. Give the people that aren't necessarily traveling and doing all this an option to still go out and fight for points and get, you know, they might not be a world champion, but they can still get something out of it. Yeah, no, that, and, and I agree with that. The only thing that scares me is what was happening at Indy with no AHFS. And I know I'll take a lot of flack for this, but without AHFS, you were getting somebody who would get their car out of the trailer once a year that could go two seconds under some bogus combo. They would go there, qualify number one or top five, we'll say, and then put that car away for the year, not have to run it, not have to get a grade point with it. You really don't need grade points for Indy because they take 160 or 180 cars and, about 130 or 140 show up. So I do think you need AHFS at Indy um, because you got to kind of keep those bogus, bogus combos that show up once a year in check. Do you have to keep um, them in check? Well, I don't know. Do you think it's fair that they come out once a year with no, you know, no chance of getting any horsepower hit. They're they're clearly underfactored. Anything that goes two seconds under is underfactored. I don't care what anybody says. But what percentage of the time do they actually win? Like they're not really. No, they don't. They they don't win. But for the for the top qualifying and for winning class, we'll say, and for I don't know. It I guess it really only hurts the people at the bottom of the ladder that are trying to make it. I don't know. You could be right on that. Maybe we don't have to keep those those cars in check. I mean, they're kind as long of as they're being legal. They're kind of insignificant <laughs> because you're not going to run into them at a national event or you know the divisional. Like if you're really going for points and you're trying to win and you want to win races, because that's realistically what we all like. What I want to do. The guy that wants to go out and get a class trophy at Indy, yeah, that's cool. You know, that's what they want to do. But he doesn't really have any effect on the other people out there. Like putting horsepower in his car isn't going to affect anything because he doesn't doesn't race like he's out there for a trophy that's it i think you hit the head why don't we run all the races like indy let's let 130 into every every national event you know what no age no don't put automatic horsepower at indy that's fine every other race let in 120 cars qualify the top 60 or 70 fixed done simple people are going to run for it if they want to meet the race well we we asked Lonnie about that and he was it Lonnie or somebody else I thought it was Lonnie and they said if you take 80 and only qualify 64 people are going to be dropping once they see that they don't think they can get in and he thought it would cause a whole other issue with with entries I don't know but they only want definitely one. need to open up these quotas these 50 car quotas these 60 car quotas you're never going to get a heads up especially in super stock you might get one and all you're going to have is class combos singles there's too many classes in Superstock as it is. 
too much changing around. Superstock this week, GT next week, GT this week, GTH, GTI. Now I'm Superstock J. Now I'm Superstock I. It's too much. Running GT when you shouldn't even be allowed to. Uh, case in point, what, the 66 Chevy 2 Nova is rated at 237 in Superstock, but it's rated at 230 for GT. So you could take a 66 Chevy 2 Nova and just call it GT to get the 7-horsepower brake. That should not be allowed. If that if that traditional Superstock rating is 237, the GT factor has to follow it. Anytime the Superstock rating of a, of a combo goes up, GT has to follow it. There's no way GT factor should be lower than the traditional Superstock factor. That's insanity. Okay, because by all intents and purposes, GT, you're, you're technically supposed to be taking that motor and putting it in a better body car anyway. It's supposed to work better in the car that you put it in, not worse. So it should have only been for, uh, what, new new body cars to run old motors. GT has gotten so far out of hand. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand. And then the, the, the climax of that is when you can run the actual combo but call it GT. That just makes zero sense to me. So Stacy McCarty said that a three-quarter to one-pound weight breaks would bring more heads-up runs and less classes. This is the spirit of stock, super stock, which I would agree with 100%. Like, But I do think, so, I mean, back to the quota thing, right? Like, NHRA only wants 60 cars in a class. Like, they want to have it so they can get the cars through, they can run them through in time, right? So if you open it up and you let 100 cars in, does it really matter if 15 drop out the day before the race because they don't think they can qualify? You're still going to have 75 cars. There's still an extra 15 cars fighting to get in the field. Some races, it's not going to be an issue that don't fill up anyways. Brainerd, you let 100 cars try to qualify, there's going to be 100 100 showing up. And guess what? They're going to run out. They're going to have to push it hard. It's going to pick up the averages across the country by letting more cars qualify for the field. You might only get an extra 10 at some races. Some races, you might only have the quota but at least it's going to help drive up the average. Yeah, definitely in the Northeast, you would get a ton. Now, there are races, like you said, that just don't fill up. I mean, that, was it that Houston race? Had like 18 Superstock cars entered with like two weeks before the race. I think it I think it got a little more leading up. I guess there was, ended up being 30 or 40 cars there when it was all said and done. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as the one-pound weight, I, I am in one-pound weight break. If you're in traditional super stock, you are dealing with one-pound weight breaks after super stock H. So super stock I, J, K, L, M, N, O, and P, you are in one-pound weight breaks. GT is half-pound weight breaks all the way down the alphabet. So another benefit for GT. Um, so yeah, let's get rid of the... Let's get rid of the half pound weight breaks in GT then. I'm I'm for that. Unless there's a con to that that I don't know about. And if there is, somebody comment and let me know. Now, somebody just said GT gets better indexes. All right. Let's take a look here. So if that Chevy 2 Nova that's rated at 237 runs Superstock K, we'll say. Superstock K has an 11 flat index. Okay, well... Then if they call it a GT car and they run GTM, which is the same weight break as Superstock K, it's a 12.0, except it's a 12.0 to 12.49, whereas K is a 12.0 to 12.99, so half-pound weight break. GTM is 
1095. You're losing five hundredths of index. You're getting seven horsepower back. Sorry, but seven horsepower back, five hundredths of index. That's quite the trade-off. And then you can move up to GTN if you want. Throw a little bit of weight in the car, and then GTN would be an 1105. So now you're <clears throat> gaining five hundredths of index, and you are throwing a little bit of weight in. If I had a calculator in front of me, I could tell you exactly how much you would have to throw in. But you're getting a seven horsepower brake there. So no, GT cars should not be allowed to run GT if there's a traditional super stock rating for that car. Should have to run a body style that did not come with the engine combination at the very least. Okay. I'm, but torn, thank, I'm torn on that, though. So if you look at it, though, I mean, like, is it worth the price, right? So by having more, like, so say if they can move around GT and whatever, if you can move around different classes. Well, if you can't move out of classes and you can't ever find, you know, if there's no advantages to be have there, it really limits why would you go faster? Like, you're going to only protect your horsepower more. The less options they have to get around it, the more they're going to protect it. You know, look at speeding. I have a heavy foot. I consistently go 10 mile an hour over the speed limit. You know what? I have some pretty good countermeasures to keep me from getting tickets, and so far they've worked really well. But if I get pulled over, what's the ticket? Okay, 100 bucks. Boom, I can live with it. I got somewhere. Like, you know, you have you can't have you can't penalize them so much to go fast that they don't want. I mean, there's just it's the there's no risk or reward. Why would you do it? You know, I I can appreciate the purists that can dive in and build a car to fit a, a soft class and protect it and run that car. You know what? That's kind of the foundation of the sport too, right? Like doing the research, building the thing, and maintaining it. I think if you limit it to classes, it's just going to make it, people are going to protect it even more and they're not going to go fast. I mean, I think we need to, you need to make the risk of going fast or the, basically the punishment needs to be almost reduced. Like you can still, you want people to go fast to bring up the average and it's going to be kind of the long game. But I think that's the only way it's going to happen. You either got to, the only way you're going to get in this race is if you run your car all out and that's going to make everybody else push harder. Or maybe there's a, maybe there's a monetary benefit for being number one qualifier well there isn't by nhra yet but there is by some sponsors i know mike and emily volkman pay the top qualifier 200 dollars in stock and in super stock at division two races so um i mean that's a thing i know and then when i told drag insights about that um there was a possibility that they might be doing something also, so it's it would be nice to get NHRA on board with something like that. I think we could just start with points, though. We're not even going to approach them about money yet. I know that's a sensitive topic that <laughs> gets us nowhere at the at the moment. Um, but well, bullet point number three, though, let's talk about this one, and then we'll get into you know monetary points for class eliminations. Okay, this is what our Literally, stock and super stock are based off of heads-up racing. So here's what I've come up with. If there's two cars in your class, 10 points for a win, 0 points for runner-up. If there's three to four cars in the class, 20 points for a win, 10 points for runner-up. Five to eight cars, 30 points win, 20 points runner-up, 10 points semis. Nine to 16 cars, 40 points for the win, 30 points runner-up, 20 points semis, 10 points for second round. And then 17 to 32 cars in the class, which 
I don't know if you see that too much anymore, but 50 points for the win, 40 points runner-up, 30 semis, 20 third round, and 10 for second round. Okay, you got to get points for winning class. Like, it's crazy that we don't. Again, you're creating all-around champions here, and you're enticing people to run fast. People that want to get that trophy and get some points, they might think, you know, think even more about it. Unless they're 1,000-foot racers and they really cut deals with their opponents. That is such an honor system, too. Like, all right, if you're ahead by 1,000 foot or if I'm ahead by 1,000 foot, we're just both going to break. Well, what if it's so neck and neck? Like, how do you know? What if I'm not a very good judge of the finish line? I think you're. I think I'm ahead, so I'm not lifting. <laughs> Your bumper might be shorter than mine. <laughs> I'm going to give it one more you know one more jab on the throttle right before the finish line what was it a thousand i thought it was uh i thought it was a thousand fifty but i do see the point i think the points in class make sense i mean like i struggle to wrap my mind around the points because it seems like it's so far out like i can't i mean it seems so far out of the realm like i don't even points mean nothing to me but i do think you know the races that have class and let's run class at every race and then do points. I mean, that could be a pretty good game changer. You start looking at the amount of points you can get, you know? There was a time where you had to win class to even make the Eliminator. Okay? All the top qualifiers were made up of class winners. And then from there, it was, you know, whoever went the quickest. The quickest class losers after that. So, I don't. I, we got away from that before I even started racing, but... <clears throat> but that would definitely incentivize people to run it out, right? Like, if the only way oh, I'm going to get to race the weekend is if I, I'm not quitting at 1,000 feet. I mean, and that's similar back to, like, you know, let's let's enter more and qualify, you know, qualify the field. That's fine. And I, I know we already talked about this, but let 100 cars in, you qualify 60, guess what? You're, same thing, just like if you had to win class to go, you're not, I mean, you're icing that thing down and you're going for it. You're not just going to be like, eh. If we make it, we make it. Well, with fuel prices and the time, you didn't drive 12 hours to sit there and watch everybody else race. I mean, you're going to go for it. Okay. And then last but not least, the easiest thing. Okay, why are we flipping coins for lane choice? Like, what is the point of qualifying at this point? If if the higher qualified car can't even get a lane choice, you know, for for at the very least first round? Is that a this thing? is coming from me. I've never been in the top half of a ladder. I don't think I've ever been in the top half of a ladder in stock. Super stock, I think I've I've been a couple times, but I mean, give give the top half something. You That's know? how I I always thought it was that way. Is there like a protocol? Have I just been duped by all these people that are faster than me all this whole time? <laughs> well, I was a faster car. I get choice. Like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> Where in the rule book does it say lane choice? <laughs> Somebody said they tried that in IHRA and everybody stopped coming. I'm like, All right. <laughs> who's going to stop going to the races over a damn coin toss? Seriously, like, I've been swindled. On. Everybody stopped going to IHRA because everybody stopped going to IHRA. I've never been to an IHRA event in my life, and I really have never had a desire to go. I just It wasn't the real thing for me, and I could be dead wrong about that. And maybe I'm a, you know... I should have given IHRA a chance. I don't even know where their races were near me, and I just figured why. But, of course, I'm spoiled. I live within two hours of, like, five NHRA tracks, so it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't, it wasn't feasible for me to even go to one. 
Like, seriously, I Bobby, I thought the higher qualified car always got lane choice. Like, that is what it's been sold to me at every race I've been going to for the last two years. You know what? There are, I've seen it at, at our races. Now, in the rule book, it actually says coin toss. Really? But but I've seen some people roll up and say, I'm higher qualified. I'm taking the right lane. And the other driver either could say, no, we're flipping a coin or okay. You or you know? get a dummy like me and be like, okay, I guess that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> <Dude's cool. laughs> All right. Everybody that pulled that on me, you're done for. If I ever get a car back, I'm coming after. We're flipping every time. Of course, now I'll have the faster car probably, so that'll be come to bite, bite you in the butt now. <laughs> oh, wait, we're flipping. He built a faster car just to not have to flip. Yeah. You know, just to get that, and now the flip. All right. So Stacy McCarty says, most natural super stock cars – Use GT to run the car fast without the AHFS penalty. So, like Superstock F Automatic versus GTF Automatic, 1045 versus uh, 1045, respectively. <clears throat> now, what are the weight breaks in Superstock F versus GTF? I'm sure F is lighter, right? So, Superstock F weight break is 850 to 899. We're still in half pound territory when you're up that high in the natural Superstock class. No, GTF, same weight break. Okay. All right, so where does it get complicated? I guess after H, when Superstock goes with one-pound weight breaks and GT goes with half-pound weight breaks. Okay, that's where it gets a little messy. And we did. It used to go down to GTM, as in Mary. That was the furthest down you could go in GT. And then, Stacey. I don't know, about five years ago, they created N, O, P, and Q for some reason. That I don't understand. Bobby, Stacy so, made a correction. Oh, okay. Sorry, 1025 GTF automatic. Okay, so that's the index. Super stock F automatic is 1045, yes. And then GTF automatic is 1025. Okay, so you're losing two tenths of index in GT. <clears throat> Got it. All right, so you can use it as protection territory uh, for your AHFS. And you could use it as okay i'm not going to qualify as high because now i'm losing two tenths of index which isn't the case with most of those cars because they have the two tenths in the bank they can just take the weight out or shift a little higher okay i i appreciate the chess game in stock and super stock i really do but some of this gets a little crazy when you're switching classes back and forth constantly maybe a limit on that but see, that's not going to limit because now people are asking for let's be able to move up or down two classes. And GT cars don't have to honor the shipping weights anymore. But super stock cars and stock cars do have to honor the shipping weights. So well, some of those are so bogus anyways, I don't know if that matters. They are, but case in point, I'm locked in L stock automatic with my 90 or 80, if I call it 87, 88 or 89 Mustang, I can't move up to K. The L index is so stupid, it's 1270, whereas the K index is, is 1265. Meanwhile, the rest of the alphabet goes 1500s, 1500s, 1500s. Then for some reason, L stock to K stock, or K stock to L stock is, is a 5. But I'm locked into L, and I want to go up to K. So I actually take a hit. I call my car 92 and actually take two extra horsepower just to move up to K. I could take 80 pounds out of the car and move up to K. Whereas if I had a notchback, I could take um, 105 pounds out of the car to move up to K. 105 pounds out of a little 302 and only losing five hundredths of index is a nice jump. 
but shipping weight is locking me out of that. So if I have to follow shipping weight in stock and I have to follow it in super stock, why don't the GT cars have to follow it? Get rid of it all together or keep it all together. Not, you know, not one or the other. Jerry Mooney had a good comment. Why not use the first day of a national event for qualifying for the spots in the fields and use that day as a divisional race or division race? If that rains out, then what do you do? Not have a divisional race that day. <laughs> <laughs> so use the first day of a national for qualifying for the spots in the in the national event field that's supposed to that'll take place the next day. But then use the rest of that day to run a divisional race. I mean that'd be hard in division one. We get seven round races and a ton of cars. I mean, 500 cars on the property. I don't know that it's possible to do it where we live. But wouldn't that be similar to like when they run class? <laughs> you know, like, cause what they normally do, you get a qualifying hit and then they run. Well, class no, you're it. running a bracket race at that. It's a divisional. It's not, you're not running class. <laughs> no, but what so I'm saying when... is some of the races where they run class, right? Like, how does that work? I've only been to one, but you get your qualifying hits or whatever. And then they go right into class eliminations off that. And they do a couple rounds of class, right? Yeah, now when I started in 2009 up until 2017-ish, I think, 16, we qualified at our East Coast events, qualify Thursday, class on Friday. Okay, now since 2017, it's been qualifying run Thursday or two runs Thursday and then class on Thursday, which I think is a stupid idea uh, because – you're not running heads up racing in front of spectators that understand heads up racing and understand heads up racing only. Okay, you're running class on Thursday with nobody watching, enticing zero contingency sponsors to want to partake in the program if nobody's going to see the class winner win class. So, uh, no, I think I, I don't like this current format and I don't like class being run at divisionals. I think that's stupid. Because there's nobody at divisionals watching. The only races that get a divisional crowd is Norwalk and Norwalk. Who else gets who else gets crowd at a divisionals that would want to watch class? Are there any other divisional events that like pack the house that I don't know about? Somebody let me know. But yeah, yeah even at Maple Grove Thursday. And then, all right, here was the weirdest thing at Maple Grove last year. They gave us a Q4 on Friday morning. How does that happen? C1, class eliminations, round one, is supposed to be your final qualifying session. They gave us a fourth qualifier, which was cool, and I loved it, and I appreciated it. And I emailed NHRA and said, thank you for giving us so many runs. Uh, but they gave us a fourth qualifier on Friday morning before we went into eliminations. What's Craig saying? Not not our Craig, Craig Galtieri. Recently retired Roasters Coffee, Craig Galtieri. NHRA he... is already finding ideas to reduce our runs and no class at national events. NHRA does not need any ideas to reduce runs. All right, we're not trying to reduce runs. We're trying to give more runs. Class on Thursday, or uh, class on Friday. Qualifying Thursday, class on Friday for the races that are four days. For the races that are three days, okay, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then yes, I'm okay with qualifying Friday morning and then class Friday afternoon and evening. 
totally okay with that. There are spectators there on Friday. Spectators can understand first car to the finish line wins. That's easy. Okay, cool. Heads up racing. That's what they want. That's what they understand. They don't understand people whacking the brake pedal at the finish line. They definitely don't understand this throttle stop crap. Craig also says Bell Rose Divisional, lots of fans. Agreed, division class is dumb. Yeah, this baby Gators thing. Like, when I went to Gator Nationals in 2015, we ran class at the Gator Nationals on Friday in front of a nice crowd. And it was great. And I got one of those trophies from it on a whole shot. So I don't know about everybody else. I am kind. I would like to approach NHRA about can we get class back on Friday back in front of the crowd? It might help get contingency sponsors back because you'd have to be foolish or just very generous to pay class winners right now. And I mean, I I benefited from that. I I can still get three or four hundred dollars to win class <clears throat> from the sponsors that are willing to do it, and I really really appreciate that. But uh, I wouldn't do it if I had a business. I'm not going to pay somebody to win if nobody's going to see that person win. Great. You just talked somebody out of sponsoring. We <laughs> need <laughs> change the subject. <laughs> Jags All-Star back at Joliet this year. Stacey McCarty. What's going on with Joliet? I thought that place was history, and now it's like back. That's awesome because I've never been to that track, and I really want to go. I don't even think that facility was that old to begin with, but I thought it was going down the way of, what, Amazon warehouses or something? Oh, we got Craig back. I, I, I so agree. Please bring back class back to the Nationals. Make national events mean something again at class. Well, we'll try. We got to talk to our division reps, SRAC reps, and we got to, I guess, just petition to NHRA. Maybe we can get Lonnie and um, who do we have? David Kennedy on the show. He's the head of multimedia and contingency. Uh, maybe we can have somebody up pretty high on the on the board get on the show. Uh, what Glenn Cromwell, I think. Uh, who else? Josh, Josh Peterson, maybe. You know, some sometimes these these NHRA board members they legitimately just may not know what our concerns are. Nobody, maybe not enough people telling them. Um, maybe just frustration of trying to deal with class racers. Let's face it, a lot of us complain way too much, and they don't want to deal with us. Okay, just look at that thread that Kenny Mealy put on there about let's talk, you know, let's talk to NHRA about stock and super stock. What do you guys, you know, have in mind? And it just turned into a shit show. So, like, <laughs> we need to come together. Now I sound like a politician. We need to come together. Let's unite on both sides of the aisle and uh, work together and unite and blah, 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 blah. Well, it needs to be. Like, just a small, simple thing. Like, look, you know, they tried to fix the weight brakes, and that turned into a disaster. Like, cars were off the books. Cars weren't in the, you know, just that. Uh, I was all for it, but 
enough people complained and freaked out that it just went away. Like, yeah, it it was the timing of that event was I I guess a little bit off. Now I guess we have to find out if they're still going to do it or if they're going to ditch shipping weights altogether. It benefited me. I loved it. Now I was allowed to run K finally, but then they took it back. So it's just our majority here is Chevrolet. Chevrolet has the ability to change rules. They have the ability to rescind new rules. Let's be honest. Okay, not knocking Chevrolet. Any smart person would run one. Um, but when they when NHRA makes a rule and enough Chevrolets complain, the rule gets rescinded. Like that's that's mob rule right there, right? Isn't that isn't that the definition of like what we're dealing with in politics right now? Isn't that democracy? Go, democracy go, at work? This is democracy at work. Let's go protest outside of a justice's That's house right. right now and get, get rules changed. At the behest of the president, it's fine. Okay. They didn't Chevy's didn't like having to having to like the rule books clearly says you gotta run the two speed transmission if your combo came with the two speed transmission, okay? Who complained enough about that to allow three speeds in two speeds without even messing with the horsepower rating? Okay, a, a combo that came with a two-speed power glide can now run a, a metric 200, and not one horsepower was thrown onto the combo. Okay, like insanity. The what the horsepower AHFS was? What was it raised up to 95 under? All the complaints came flying in. It got put back down to 85 under. Shipping weights came in. Bad timing, as I already said. All the complaints came in. Shipping weights went away. Okay? who Who's making the rules here? NHRA or Chevrolet? Come on. Aren't they the same thing? Sounds like a show title. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh... I didn't even have that much coffee today. Water today. No, that's the problem, though. You just get... I mean, you can't. I think in order for an NHRA to do anything, it has to be simplified. Like you know, that's why they're trying to simplify things and have less. I mean, nobody wants more paperwork, right? Like they don't want to make people mad, but yet, that's that's where I see the problem with trying to change some of these things and points. Like they want more money with less paperwork. I mean, that's kind of the American dream, right? Like, how do we get more money coming into the business with less hassle? And I think. I think letting more qualify. So, okay, you let more cars come in. I know I beat this up all the time. But if you let 100 cars come in, they pay to show up, they pay to race, and you only rate 60, it doesn't affect the schedule at all. You're a little bit more time qualifying. What does it cost them? Zero. Yeah, some people might drop out because they don't think they can make it. Well, they probably shouldn't have signed up anyways. But you also might sneak in. Right. You, know, you might get in. I mean, we're gambling, right? Like, we're gambling we make it through first round you're gambling you make it through second round if you're not willing to put it out and work on your car and try to go fast to make it the show then you're probably in the wrong sport put a throttle stop on it and nhra is going to have more money there's going to be more cars there's going to be you know more battles automatic horsepower is going to fix itself and it costs nhra nothing no paperwork don't even have to rewrite the rules just just have to enforce them it's like disney world right they don't say, whoa, we met quota. No, keep on coming in. Just wait in line. When somebody comes in, we'll send you in. You know, they just take the money when people want to hand it to you. Oh, here we go. Jerry's got a one. 
but getting into a national event is not made for the local racers. If you had to qualify to make the field, it would give the local racer a chance to make the race and wouldn't affect the traveling racers, but it would make more performance-rated field. Yes. Amen. This is actually in response to uh, Craig calling that his previous idea a bad idea. So this is fun. Comments are getting a little heated. I like it. Mm, I'm not sure. Is that... <laughs> not heated? What? But anyways, we've kind of complained a lot this episode, but all good ideas. Were there any other ones? Who has more ideas to entice people to run faster <clears throat> and get this AHFS to fix itself? I mean, there's no such thing as, you know, life's not fair here. Combos aren't fair, but to kind of bring things into line is the goal, right? That's the whole goal of the AHFS. Now, people have said, let's raise that automatic hit from 120 to 130. Maybe that's the way to go. But that's uh, not I think, really helping the issue. I, I, I want to I want to find that comment. I should have had it ready. It was a Matt Lisa rec, uh, recommendation about using... Ah, gosh, I can't remember it. You know, one, going up to 130, though. It was like 130 or 140. 140 is too much. I don't agree with that. If it went up to 130, though, um, but using all the averages above one second, I forget what it was. Um, totally di disregard. But in a mind shift, maybe they should raise that a little bit. All right, how about in a mind shift, they go up to 130? But then, I don't know. I just feel like there's going to be mind... There can be mind shifts whenever anybody feels like letting there be a mind shift. We can... If we can have mind shift at Indy at 5,000 or 4,000 feet, you know, density altitude, you can have one anywhere. It's... Mind shift is, is an option. It's not, like, literally due to the weather all the time. Well, and the problem is there's probably not one answer, right? Like, what it would take for you to kick yourself in the nuts is probably different than what it would take me to kick myself in the nuts, right? Because that's what you're asking people to do. Here, spend more money. You know, we know your budget's working good, your car's fast, you've worked really hard. How can we take that away from you? You know? Craig commented again, qualifying points would be a hell of a way to shake up the chess match. And if you're in the points battle and you're where there's enough races where you can run for points, I would 100% agree. A guy that has to travel... 12 hours to go to five races a year maybe not so much i mean i just for me there's not enough incentive to do it and i just at a point in my life where i don't have time to do it i need to move to the east coast i guess where i can just race out an hour out of my house every which direction It'd be a totally different game then well that's why uh double divisionals have kind of taken over in those divisions five, six, and seven, I think, just because you guys do have to travel 12 hours to get to a divisional, you might as well knock out two of them in one weekend, which is nice. But in the same sense, we don't have anything here like that. That's also where having to qualify to make the race is going to be more impactful here because you take Brainerd where it fills up, five, you know, five, six grade points day one. I mean, it just instantly fills up. All of a sudden, if you can race there, heck yeah, I'm going to drive three hours and take a swing out to try to make it. I mean, you're, why wouldn't you? I don't know if points would have as big of an impact here as that, but maybe you do both. 
Lots to think about. And we are going to get a ton of comments, you know, probably throughout the next couple of days, I think, for people that are at work right now and not able to watch, they're going to come flying in. Uh, so I look forward to reading all of them and trying to answer, uh, you know, all of them as well. But we want, you know, make some recommendations. What are your ideas? Let's Let's put something together here. Um, I hate the recommendation. Let's separate stock, super stock, and the you know comp from national events. Somebody posted that on Class Racer today, and I said absolutely not. I'll stop racing. Like the whole reason I race is to run national events. Sorry, I want to race in front of people. I could be racing for the wrong reasons, and I think about it. But anyways, yeah, I want to race in front of people, so I don't want to separate NASCAR. Well, they're trying to find reasons to get rid of us anyway, so I don't think we need to bring any of those in. But I don't think they want to because we bring in a lot of revenue for them. Think about that. $340, now at Nationals, $340 per car. And I mean, they, they, they definitely cut us down and they and they sacrificed a lot of that money. But don't forget, they, and they have a bunch of different classes now too. Like got top sportsman, top dragster. We didn't used to have that. Pro mod, I doubt they have to pay to get in though. Uh, Top Fuel Harley. Uh, what else they have? They still doing the snowmobiles, Mountain Motor Pro Stock. What the hell that is? Uh, uh, I don't know. Some some of these races they bring in all these classes that are kind of silly. Combined Super Comp and Super Gas. Why are they running separate anymore? I like Craig's idea. Yeah, 890, 890 and 990 index, and they're all capable of going seven seconds. Just lump them together and make it an eight flat class. Craig had another good idea. How about at Indy, we have a class racer summit with NHRA. There better be popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> How about we vote on our, our spokespeople? Maybe we should have to appoint people there. <laughs> we need to... Uh, the... Uh, Escalate some of the ideas, <laughs> ratify, maybe <laughs> radicalize. Pete Lancier just entered the mile highs. Good idea, because how long is that track going to stay open? I want to check that one out. I, I, I think that track, aren't they building houses like 100 feet away? It's kind of a uh, writing on the wall type moment. But I, that's Bandemir. And I thought that family really loves that track and really puts, you know, runs a nice operation. So Pete, good luck there. Jet it down a little bit. Turn the timing up. Brainerd has houses like a hundred feet off the track. They sell them and rent them for a lot of money, like little condos. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Put a nice high rise there. You can watch right from. Yeah, you can. Like they're the balcony. Right at the end, you could watch the finish line. Ray Thurston, what's up, buddy? I will see you at Cecil. Hopefully my clutch is figured out by then. Okay. Well, I had one more thing I was going to mention, but I don't know where it went. It was in the back of my head, and it totally it, it went away. Went away. Oh, but I did just get a text about what's the new features in Drag Insights. And hold on, just want to say real quick. Everybody's been asking us for details on reaction times. Well, now you can see your reaction time stats, your average green light and your average red light, and how you do in each lane. 
So there we go. Thanks for asking. Draginsights.com. That's where you can get that information and sign up. Thanks a lot for hanging out for this show. <laughs> you guys stirring up, stirring the pot a little bit. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe on the YouTube uh, if you would. So we can continue to make these shows. Also, if you want to help support the show, we're supported by the value for value model. So you choose the value you get out of the show. You decide what that is. Send it our way. If it's dollars, you can do that at classracingtoday at G- or classracingtoday.com. If it is content, you can join the, the live comment stream like we had today. That was great. Uh, otherwise, you can email classracingtoday at gmail.com with your ideas and suggestions. Uh, also, if you have people that you think should be on the show, send it our way. And we will continue to do it. Gentlemen, any last thoughts? Good luck to everybody this weekend. Have fun and enjoy your race cars that run. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Have a great time. See you later.